0: This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen and the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen.
1: I want to bring you a message tonight entitled, The Source All right, we've been studying the baptism of the Holy Spirit in this elective in this room, and so many did an excellent job. But God didn't give the gift of the Holy Spirit just so we could feel goosebumps in God's house, just so we could respond with a certain gift. Now, gifts of the Spirit are ours. I give you a gift... Have you ever had somebody give you a gift card and you find it a year later? You've not operated in the gift. Don't take the gifts that God has for you and put them away and not operate in them. But in the same way, they come for a reason. And I want to teach you about that perspective on why he fills you with the Holy Spirit. All right, Father, I pray that you'll open this passage to us and you'll open this truth to us tonight. Lord, whether this be a short or a long sermon, I don't know. But I do know that I want to simply bring the truth that I feel like you have for this evening. Speak to us now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. John chapter 6, verse number 63 reads like this. The spirit, the what? Alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. Let's just go ahead and say, you cannot walk this faith walk on your own. Okay? You're going to have to walk this faith walk by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's the one who seals you. He's the one that Scripture says that regenerates you. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. So when the Lord is speaking in this passage, we're going to figure out what he's talking about tonight. I think a lot of times we, we, we have a hard time remembering that we are a, a copy, as it were, created in the image of God. And being created in the image of God, we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, a triune God, not three gods, but a triune God who manifests in a created image of himself. So if he, if he's going to have a created image of himself in humanity, then humanity then manifests in a triune being. And that's really simple. Somebody said, I don't understand. This this tri, triune God, okay? Well, Pastor John, come help me right fast. This is this is the simplest truth that people can stumble over. It's a truth that people can get choked up on because they don't understand. So they don't understand how there's a father, there's a son, and there's a Holy Spirit. Now, I have right here with me, Brother John, Pastor John, all right? We love Pastor John. Amen? Amen. All right. Now how many Pastor Johns are standing here beside me? Kelly yeah, said, thank God, there's only one, right? Amen. All right, there's one. One Pastor John right here. How many parts to his being are there? There are literally billions of parts to his being. But there are three distinct parts or systems or orders of who he is that we know as the flesh, the, the flesh, the body, that's the part you interact with the physical world. Then we have the soul, which is the mind, will, or emotion. And then we have the spirit. Now, I'm being very strategic in where I'm pointing because the flesh is what you feel things with. But you can fill things with your spirit also. Amen. But your soul... Is where you deal with your emotions. Your spirit is not an emotional part of who you are. Your spirit is caught up in the, the reflection of responding to the presence of God. You can sense sin. You can sense things from your spirit, but, but your, listen to me. This is important. Your spirit may become troubled, but your spirit, your spirit's not worried. That goes into your mind, will, or emotion. Are you with me? So I have a, a a one being who's reflected in a triune. Now, somebody said, well, how does that reflect a triune God? Well, the, the reality is sometimes, what, what's your favorite nighttime snack that Kelly doesn't know about? Oh, she knows about it. Oh, okay, she knows about it. It's ice cream. I, what, what kind of ice cream? Uh, vanilla ice cream with maple syrup. Did you not hear me preach about maple syrup Sunday morning? <laughs> vanilla ice cream with maple I'm going to, I think that might be a word from the Lord for me to try that when I get home. <laughs> All right. Vanilla ice cream with maple syrup. Now you You want that vanilla ice cream with maple syrup in your flesh. Amen. Okay? <laughs> Your mind and emotion tells you, you had a rough day. You deserve that vanilla ice cream with maple, with extra maple syrup. Come on now. But your spirit says you have goals of health that if you succumb to the temptation to your flesh, don't resist God, brother. <laughs> you, you, but you succumb to the temptation in your flesh, that then you're not going to reach the goal that you had in mind. Or you operate out of anger. Your body says, if you do that, you're going to be in trouble. Your spirit says, you know better than doing that. But you can outweigh those others and react out of an emotion. So what I'm trying to show you is you have three parts that act independently of each other, yet they form one John. We have a we are simply an image of God. He has three distinct parts Father, Son, Holy Spirit, who can act completely independently of each other in that sense, but yet with a common purpose and always a common goal and they're always working in unity together, but we are an image, but we are not a triune God. We are an image of a triune God. Three, making one. Does that help? All right, thank you very much. So what we have here is a spiritual being that is living and dealing with an emotional state and a physical state. Now, this is why I said all of that. Listen to this. I think that most of the time, we think we are a physical being having to deal with a spiritual reality. But our physical reality is going to be short-lived. Scripture says... It can go as quick as the puff of a vapor of smoke and disappear. Pastor Don, are you teaching? or you preaching? I'm trying to get somewhere in between here for a moment. Stay with me. Because I want you to understand why God gave you the Holy Spirit. Again, he didn't give you the Holy Spirit so you could go, Woo, I feel God. Who does that? Every Sunday morning, Amen. But that's not why. He gave you the Holy Spirit so that as a spiritual being you could take dominion over the earth in which you live and the spiritual a reality of who you are in god and you can begin to conquer the physical reality around you that no matter what happens in your flesh you can say what paul said whatever state i find myself in i am therefore content why because i realize this is momentary but what god's doing on the inside of me is eternal Amen. are you are you with me So what we have here is that we must learn to deal with everything from a spiritual perspective. But too many times we spend our life trying to be good Christians. But we never really reach the mark. Because the Spirit alone gives eternal life. Trying to reach the mark on your own is impossible. Listen to what I'm about to say. You can spend your life in dead, dry religion and not reach the mark, but one touch of the Holy Spirit of the living God inside of you can move you beyond what has held your family captive for generations. One move of God. Because when the Spirit moves, He accomplishes what you cannot. For these are the words I'm speaking to. They are spirit and they are life. It is because we can only go so far under our own power. When we are determined, well, I can do this, we have to realize we can only go as far as we can go, but nothing is impossible with the Lord or for the Lord God has provided a power source for us that wants to be intimately involved in our lives and the source is the Holy Spirit of God now the word spirit is mentioned more than 800 times in the scripture 800 times we see the the word spirit this is significant the English translators use the one word spirit to translate two words and two concepts. But yet they convey them in one, one singular word in English, but from the Hebrew, there's actually two words that are necessary, uh, and the Hebrew and Greek, they're necessary to give us the biblical word spirit. And that's what I want to deal with you for just a moment about. In the Hebrew Old Testament, the word for ruach is used for spirit, and when we see the word ruach, it is defined as a violent uh, um, release. I want you to understand this: it is not just exhaling, but uh, I think that it that trans, uh, maybe translated different. When a, uh, uh, how many of you love spell checks? Come on now. And, uh, it's, it's, it's a violent blast of breath. It's a strong wind. And when that happens, stay with me. We find Ruach. That Ruach that's translated as, as spirit could also be a violent breath. A mighty wind. This is the very word we find used in Genesis 1 and 2. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Ruach of God was hovering over the waters. Literally translated then that he wasn't just, he wasn't just, just there. But a hovercraft operates with a, we, several years ago, it's one of the first major things we did in this church's missions. We bought a hovercraft that's still in use today. It's been over 20, 20 25 years ago. We got together, we bought a hovercraft that goes up the Amazon River to where the where it gets too shallow for the boats to go it keeps going up the Amazon River to the unreached people groups so of the Amazon uh, basin area and they go off the tributaries in this hovercraft and the hovercraft to hover literally has a violent release of air pressure that causes it to lift we always have this image that God was just kind of waiting but God wasn't just waiting over the water; He was exhaling. He was—he was breathing. He was anticipating what He was going to do. God was, was literally over the chaos, and His His breath was moving and stirring and getting things ready. Can I just go ahead and tell somebody tonight that you think God's been absent from your life because you have not yet surrendered your life to God yet, but the spirit of the living God has been hovering over the chaos of your life, and he's been exhaling over your life and stirring up something inside of you to get you lined up in the place that he wants you to to get you where he wants you to get to so that he can do in you what he wants to do so that when you do surrender to him, you can look back and say, look what he did, look what he did. He moved me all along the way to get me to where I needed to be so that I could hear the gospel, receive the gospel, and seek... What I'm trying to say is he doesn't start working in you just when you get saved. He's been working to save you every day of your life. Now, in the New Testament, we turn to a Greek word. The Greek word for the same kind of breath is pneuma. And pneuma means breath, wind, a current of air, or a strong breeze. This is the very word that is used in John 6, 63. The strong breath of God gives eternal life. Oh, I just had an image of a weary person who gets a fresh wind. I reached a place the other day, I'd been on the road so long, so many states, I reached a place the other day that I thought I couldn't go any further, and then I hit my second wind. And when whatever kicked in inside of me kicked in, by the time I got home, Christina was like, could you please go to sleep? She knew I was exhausted, but I knew that I had found some kind of a chemical refreshing that had stimulated energy in my life. What I'm trying to tell you by giving you that illustration is that that before you were saved, the Ruach of God was moving inside of you. But for some of you, since you've come to know Christ, you've lost your breath. You're not running the race to win anymore. You're just ambling along. That's truth. You're just moving along a little bit at a time, or maybe you're stagnant. And what you need is the pneuma to give you a fresh breath, a second wind to get you stirred up and get you moving forward. Because the fresh breath, the spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort can't accomplish this. The very words, let me just translate that for you In what I, to what I'm trying to say. No matter where you go, another revival service, another new worship uh, download, another new YouTube video, it's not going to fix every problem. Matter of fact, we, a lot of us have the same problem as Saul. Saul said, bring me somebody to worship because I can't feel God for myself. And he brought... David in to play because David would in bring and invoke the Spirit of God, the, the, the Ruach, into the room. And when the Ruach was in the room, Saul would go, there it is. Some of us, we are so weighed down with sin we are not confessing. I'm preaching truth. We're so weighed down. With weariness because we've allowed the roots of bitterness and struggles and strife and problems to get inside of us. We've become distracted by the cares of this world, Scripture says, that we've lost our breath and so we say i need another video to stir me up i need to breathe off somebody else's worship for a moment and it's true we need somebody else to help us create the atmosphere in which we worship but on the other side of that i have to get past the place that i can have to need you to bring it into the room because sometimes i'm going to be in the valley of darkness myself and i need to be able to find god for myself and if I know the numa, I can breathe deep. So you think most of us are going? But what if I can't find him? Can I tell you where he is? Right here, breathing in your your praise, bringing in your worship. He's 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 breathing, and he's going. He's breathing in, and when he exhales, you catch his as. The interpretation, violent exhaling. Somebody said, I I just don't know about that. Let me just say he breathed into Adam and the breath of life came into all humanity, one breath. He wants to breathe into you in the same way so that the, the breath of life can rejuvenate you. Preaching truth. I sat down to prepare a message for tonight and got Sunday morning's message. And I was like, well, what about, I mean, Wednesday comes before Sunday, Lord. It's like, now you have that, now I'll give you this. Both of these words mean breath, and both carry a strong, active, living energy and bring life. This is what I'm about to say to you. That is exactly what the Holy Spirit came to do, to breathe new life into us. Listen to me. You might even want to make a note of this. God is not interested in your spiritual pedigree or your your religious experiences. Say that again. God is not interested in your spiritual pedigree. He doesn't care what church you prayed in. He doesn't care how many times you've been dumped, sprinkled, or chumped. Come on now, amen. I don't know if that was very religious, but <laughs> I'm preaching against religion. You see, but <laughs> Doug, you're going to call us the new coffee. Sprinkle, dunks, and chunked, aren't you? There you go. Amen. Listen to me. What he cares about is giving you fresh breath of energy. Because he that has began the work in you wants to see the work in you finished. And he is faithful to carry you through into its completion. He's not wanting you sitting down. Well, I went all the way to Israel and got baptized in the Jordan River. Well, God bless your soul. He cares about you getting in his presence and getting a change of action and attitude. Preach it, preacher the problem is often we reduce our faith to religious exercises. And we try to do that perfectly, even though we can't find the ability to do it perfectly. If the, if the best word to describe the Holy Spirit then is, is are two words that are breath or wind, then let's look at that for just a moment. Most of us are only comfortable with what we can see and touch. You don't, you don't believe that? Let me cut the lights off, and grown adults will be right behind me in here going, hmm. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, I'm afraid it's church. Look what you think's in here. A ghost? It's a holy ghost. Come on, amen. All right. But people, are what they can't see and touch, they fear. This is important because many people are not comfortable with the Holy Spirit because you cannot see him or touch him. Now remember what I'm about to say to you. I've given this to you on a slide. It's so important. It takes faith to be in relationship with God. I've already told you that tonight. It takes faith. It takes what? Faith Faith is evidence of things unseen. Things you cannot see. If you People will not serve God because they're trying to rationalize out a religion that they can control. And God said, I am not a being that you can twist up, tie up, and lock down in some building somewhere, Amen. some book somewhere. He said, I am. What did he say? He is spirit and life. Stay with me. We embrace the breath by faith. In order to do that, that means we're going to have to become comfortable with some unknown and unseen things. Now, I didn't say you had to accept insane things. People go. That was a spirit. I'm like, that wasn't the spirit. That was your flesh trying to draw attention to yourself. There are times that people, in their exuberance, get excited and, or they want to be, uh, they want to be the scene, uh, the, the focus of the room. This is important. I have people come up to me and go, well, I want to be up there. I want to preach. And I'm like, that's probably why you're not up there preaching because most of us who are up here preaching, I, I, I leave 90% of the time the staff will tell you and go, man, I'm, I know they're never going to let me do that again. It's not, you don't look at yourself and see yourself as the center. If you do, then you better watch out because he'll knock you out of the center. I don't know why this just came from, this is an old church thing, I guess, but he, he'll, he'll move you from the center and you'll find yourself a sinner. But that's just me having fun with the words. Stay with me. If he is wind, I want you to remember this about wind. First, wind is unseen. Wind is something we can feel and experience, but we can't see it. We can observe its effects on trees. We can see it turn mighty windmills, but we cannot see the wind. But just because we don't see it does not mean it's not real. This is what I'm about to say to you. The Spirit of God may be felt. He may be experienced. And he can be observed in action. But just because I can't see him does not make him unreal. We must understand that though we might not be able to see him, we can know he is there by the effects he causes. When I received the gift of the Holy Spirit in my life, I knew he was in my life because when I went to sin the next time, he spoke to me and said, that is not who you are. He began to give me the ability to become who he created me to be. An effect of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Pastor, you don't, you don't believe you can see the Holy Spirit working. I have watched grown men become just, just shaking under the power of God. Matter of fact, the last chairs we had to get rid of, we had to get rid of them because there were so many hands That had locked onto these chairs, they had destroyed the chairs because of the power of conviction. It's important. The wind can't be seen, but you can experience it. The wind is unpredictable. The wind can go from a breeze to a torrent in a moment. You don't believe that? Go out on the lake. In a moment, you can think it's going to be beautiful and then suddenly you're praying, God, just get me back to dry land. Listen to what I'm about to say. Despite our best efforts, we can not depict the path of the wind because the wind goes where it wants. John 3 and 8 says the wind, the pneuma blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you can't explain how people are born of the spirit. This is important. We don't know what all God's going to do. We, we think he's going to go this way and we find he goes that way. We think this is it. This is it. They're going to get saved today and they don't move. I'll never forget. Somebody in my life I'd prayed for, for decades, and they wounded my heart so deep, I thought to myself, I'm done praying for you. And I thought that there's no way the Holy Spirit of God could ever get through to that person, and they got saved the next day. I gave up a day too soon because I couldn't see how God was working. You see, the Holy Spirit loves to blow in and blow up the order that you have been fighting so hard to protect. I have learned His order always looks better than our own plans. We naturally want order and so we create religious systems to create order and put our faith in those systems. But God gives us His Spirit, who comes in and moves in ways He can't even begin. We can't even begin to imagine. Imagine the the blind man who He showed up and thought, "Okay, now He's going to heal me." And the next thing he you knows, He's spitting on him. Do you know why that's so important? I preach this. I'll preach it uh, the rest of my ministry. It's so important because in that culture, the one thing you could hit somebody who was a beggar is acceptable. You could knock them out of the way. You could curse them. Those things were acceptable, but you were not to spit on them. That was the one thing intolerable. And what did the blind man say? The one thing that I said I wouldn't allow anybody to do to me, the one thing that I don't have to allow anybody to do to me, is the one thing that Jesus wants to do to me. And can I tell you, when Jesus shows up in your life, you're like, Lord, come fix my life. And he walks in, he goes, okay, okay, let's start here. And you go, no, not there, that's what I said I would never let anybody touch. He goes where he wants because what you don't realize is that 90% of all the rest of it stems from the root of that. You see, we want structure, but God wants relationship. God wants us to depend on him and interact with him daily. This morning, I woke up and I, start, I was getting ready and as I, I was headed down to the, to the station super early, it's still dark, I'm praying and, and one word, one word came into my heart. And that word has guided me all day long. And was, It was gratitude. Gratitude. And I thought about God knew the things that I would have to face today and every time that my direction started getting off, I had a center point to come back to of gratitude. You see, God comes in and says, hey, I'm going to give you right what you need on the days you're going to need it. You see, we just want to be comfortable. God doesn't care if you're comfortable. God wants you to be changed for his glory. I get it. You finally get your neighbor to church and and you're like, please, just everybody behave. But your neighbor doesn't need everybody to behave they need to encounter a life-changing God. Now, we are not who we're going to be, but thanks be to God that he's been working and we're not who we once were. Let me give you one more. Wind is powerful. Wind is powerful. Wind is powerful and can drive a limb through a wall. The Holy Spirit came and he gave you his what? Power. Last year I drove with some of you into the tornado wreckage of Kentucky and whole communities gone. As I stood there, all I could hear were fire alarms going off, but there were no homes for the fire alarms to be in. Everything gone. The wind is powerful. We say, come Holy Spirit. But do we realize he was clear? He said, you shall be endued with power. This is important. He comes in in a way you don't expect. He moves in a way that you didn't anticipate. He does what you thought you couldn't allow anybody to do. And you think there's no hope for me because I'm so broken and I'm so wounded. And he says, you don't understand. I know that the 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 stronghold that's built in your life may have lasted for five, six, seven, eight generations. But you don't understand that when the power of God comes on the scene and the wind of God begins to blow, everything can be obliterated before him. And on the other side, there's healing, there's new life, and there's joy because the Holy Spirit's Working in your life. Amen. The power is there, listen to me, to fuel a supernatural process. In the 19th century, here in America, the rivalist Charles Finney was a major leader in the Second Great Awakening. He was reported to have led over half a million people to Christ. While he was training to be a lawyer, Finney. Became, I found this story, and let me read it to you. I just took it straight from there. Finney became intellectually curious about Christ, but resisted turning his life over to God for a long time. Eventually, though, he felt so drawn to the Spirit, he could no longer resist. He later, in his words, described his first encounter with the Holy Spirit of God like this. His words. The Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love. For I could not express it in any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God upon me. God wants to show up in your life. And no matter what walls you've built, no matter what pains you've experienced, no matter how great your sin may be, he wants to blow into your life in such a powerful way that nothing can keep out his liquid love as he breathes that ruach, that pneuma over you and says, I exhale upon you so that you can come. Watch this. You can come to a better place. Acts 1, 5, John baptized with water. This is Jesus speaking. But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I've never read this passage the way that I'm going to preach it to you right now. Jesus says, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you, and he's going to give you power. The disciples said, great. Now give us some facts we can look for. You see that? Jesus says, He's going to do something powerful in your life. And they go, okay, give us dates and times because we need to be able to to control the process. That's what they say. Lord, we know you're going to do all this. We know your power is going to... Here must be what your power is going to do because that's what we're planning on you to do. See, the problem is most of us are going, God, you can do this, but not that. And he said, no, 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 no. It's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But listen to me. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I've never read it. I've always pulled those out a lot of context. You'll get power. Well, we know at the eschatological study of end times that we don't know the times nor the dates. That all actually flows together. They, he says you're going to get a hold of something that's a live wire in your life. And they go, okay, good, 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 good. All right. Tell us, tell us what we can do to control it. And he said, you're not getting it. It's not for you to control. That's God's authority. He's going to do in you what he wants to do in you. Why would he do in me what he wants to do in me? To make you look like Jesus. To change your actions from broken and bitter actions of pain into actions of joy, peace, and the power of the Holy Spirit. God's good. See, Jesus wanted to give them supernatural power, and they just wanted a little control. Jesus told them, don't focus on knowing everything. Instead, focus on experiencing the coming of the Holy Spirit. Most of us don't need more information. Listen to me, I'm closing here. Most of us don't need more information. We need power. you got enough sermons, you could argue with anybody. You can turn on Christian channels and hear them argue with each other, and they don't even know they're arguing with each other because they're all preaching at different hours. We don't need to argue. We need Power. We need God to work in our lives. I didn't say don't know sound doctrine. That, you know what I'm doing? That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm trying to give you sound doctrine. For the last five weeks, we told you you need the Holy Spirit. Now I'm trying to tell you why. Show you what to do with it. God didn't give that to you so you could freak people out. God gave it to you so he could freak you out. What are you doing? Trust me. As a matter of fact, most of them won't be freaked out. They'll be glad that you changed. Stay with me. This is important. We don't need inspiring words about God. We need to be inspired by the presence of God as he breathes life into us. An intellectual gospel is always in danger of creating a God who looks like us. What we'll try to do is bring God down to our size. But people who need answers before they've experienced God will always reduce God's size and his capacity. But here's what I know. I have walked this walk for most of my life. I have read his word cover cover to 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 cover. Version to version to version. Now I've translated He has changed my life. Every time I've read it.
0: He's changed my
1: life with powerful words. The Bible teaches us that everyone needs to hear sound doctrine preached. But I also know that without the Holy Spirit leading me and guiding me along the way, I would be trying to control God instead of realizing He's in control. One of the most scary moments of my life, took a step of faith, felt led of God to do it. You ever took a step of faith and then about two more steps later, you wonder what did God just do? No, no, what did I just do, God? Because one of us has made something of a mistake, or both, and I'll never forget. It's when we had went through the transition, taken over the radio station, made the purchase, and, and literally the next two or three days, they looked at me and said, "Oh, we forgot to tell you, you need like twenty-five thousand dollars in three days, uh, or you can't pay the staff." I was like, don't you think that would have been great to tell me five days ago? And I came into the environment of prayer, and I said, "God, I don't know what to do." And I said these words: I said, "God, I've fought for years to help find ways to raise every dime I can for the school. I've fought at that time we were fighting to keep the grocery store open. I, I named several things that I, I was like, Lord, I have." I have, <clears throat> I feel like I've literally sold my blood at times. I said, God, I can't do this. What have you done? And I'll never forget what he said to me. I've got this. You're alone, did he? I called the radio station. I said, anything changed?" They said, no, no, nothing's changed. I said, well, God's got this. That was in the morning about lunch I called back and I said anything? They said no? I said "Uh, God's got this but I'll be there in a little while about 3 o'clock I knew 5 o'clock was coming, it was the end of the day it was payday and we've never been late on one bill in the history of this church that we've always paid every bill on time and I said uh it's been one of the highest honors. Uh we will win the copier salesmen and the, the the people who come out to take care of different churches because they say your church always takes care of us first. And I thought, what am I gonna do? We've just I've just obliterated our record of integrity. So about three o'clock, I called to just say I'm on the way. Been arguing with God all day and Ray said to me, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to call you. I said, excuse me? He said, yeah, we got the funniest phone call about two hours ago that said, are you going to come get this $25,000 check we've had written out to y'all for like three months waiting for you in our office, or, or do you not want it? He said, I'm on the way to get it right now. I said two things really quick, like, thank you, God. You better never do that to me again. But it showed me he's got this. I tell you that story as you stand with me to tell you, he's got you. He's got this. That's why he gives you the Holy Spirit to do supernatural things like that so he can move on someone else if necessary, so he can move on you. He, They obeyed God, I obeyed God, and... Ray learned a lesson. But God is faithful. That's why He gave you the Holy Spirit. Twenty-five or so of you, twenty-twenty-five of you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the last few weeks. That's why He gave you the work of the Holy Spirit. So that He could work in you. The gifts are manifesting through you to show you what He's doing in you. Some of you go... Pastor John, you don't know how bad my situation. Let me just give you a word. He's got this. But it isn't going to look anything like you want it to look. Living God, we lift our hands before you in humble surrender. We ask you, Holy Spirit, take control of us like never before. Forgive us for how we've tried to regulate you. You said, I have power. And we say, give us process. You say, I have power. And we say, give us program. Lord, tonight, give us power. For the spirit does what humans cannot do. The spirit brings eternal life where humanity's efforts cannot accomplish this. Quoting your word, Father. Thank you. Work, Holy Spirit. Work, Holy Spirit. I don't know, somebody needs to hear what I'm about to say. The Holy Spirit is working in your child in a way that you could not imagine right now. He's working in them because you think that, that they've gone so far that you can't communicate with them. God says, you stay out of the process. He's in the process. He's going to change their lives. word will not return void you raise that child up in the fear and admonition of the lord and when they come to their right senses according to scripture they will return to the things of god the spirit of god is working would you just simply one more time say lord give us power power to live for you father i thank you for each one that's been here tonight i i have sought to bring your message Lord, I thank you for what you have done and you're going to do. And I thank you for your word that has been speaking yet even to me as I preach it to them. Blow on us. Let the Ruach, the Numa, the breath of God breathe on us. Come, Holy Spirit, in power and might. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Bless them now, your children. Lord, you have what we need here. You have what they need. You have what the station needs. You have everything. You are not limited because you are omnipotent, all-powerful. Thank you, Father. You brought us here because you've been hovering over our lives to get us to this point. In Jesus' name. I'm mean, thankful for the power of the Holy Spirit that's working in our lives. Amen. But God is so good.